Hello, hello. Hey, up. What's up? What's good? Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, intellectual, and artistic people in the world. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. Fantastic episode for you today with a brilliant guest. Professional football athlete for the Edmonton football team in the Canadian Football League, Alexandre Dupuis joins the show. We continue our football theme today. Busy weekend of football in the United States. Shout out to Devontae Smith. Welcome to the Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. Alexandre Dupuis is a fullback for the Edmonton football team and was first drafted by the Toronto Argonauts back in the 2014 CFL draft. Over the years, Alexandre has played in 75 games in the CFL and during his career as a fullback, he's been well regarded for his blocking, but has also contributed 24 receptions for 255 yards. On today's episode, Alexandre chats about his career and how he's adapted his training over the years because his position as a fullback is very, very physically demanding. His body goes through a lot of brutal punishment, and in order to stay successful at the professional level, he's had to change some of his training and some of his lifestyle habits, and he shares them with us today, as well as how he keeps himself in top form mentally, which for him comes down to knowledge and understanding the task at hand. Finally, he shares with us the tragic story of a fire in which his house burned down earlier this year and how him and his girlfriend persevered through the tragic circumstances and Alexandre attributes a lot of his fortune to the people in his lives that care about him and who helped him along the way. Makes me think of Winston Churchill's quote, if you're going through hell, keep going. And he's the exemplification of someone who has done just that. Really, really enjoyed my conversation today with Alexandre. Great personality and also provided just some tremendous insight to what it is to be a professional athlete from the day-to-day grind and the positive habits that he's built up along the way. He's a great human, and I admire the rebuild that he's done on his life, both literally and metaphorically, since the fire, and wish him nothing but the best, and I'm super stoked to watch him continue on his career this season for the Edmonton football team. Elated, elated to have him on the show, so let's go ahead and welcome on fullback for the Edmonton football team in the Canadian Football League, Alexandre Dupuis. And let's learn. In college, you played ball at University of Montreal. When you think back to those years, what are the first memories that come to mind? Um, the first memory that comes to mind, it's kind of funny because I'm actually just coming down from there. Uh, okay. I was there earlier today. Um, but the first memory that comes down from there, and I kind of remember it a little earlier when I was on the field, but the, 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 the ambience at the Sepsum where we play our games um, is really something that's really unique. It's a stadium where, like... Uh, it's kind of crazy because the, the stadium is kind of on the field where like the stands finish there and like the fields, the, 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 the sideline is right here. So like the fans are almost on top of you. So there's like um, a special ambience on that, uh, on that field that is that you can't get anywhere else. And I've played uh, through a bunch of different stadiums all over Canada. And uh, this one has a special place for me like that. The, there's some smell depending on the place because there's a pool at the Sepsum. So when you go on one end zone, there's that smell, that, that pool smell that's always there. And it's uh, kind of always bringing so many memories back when, uh, whenever I go there. Those comfortable, like back at home memories. Exactly. Now, as a fullback, you have to do many of the physical jobs that don't get a lot of the attention. So with that, mentally, how do you keep grinding? What's your internal motivation to perform a job that doesn't necessarily get the praise that other athletes do? Well, um, of course, it's uh, whenever like on the SPN top 10 best plays or anything. Um, but to make those plays happen, sometimes there's a lot of jobs that need to happen before. So uh, 
For example, as a fullback, one of the reasons I'm in the CFL for that long uh, since 2014 is uh, because I'm good at blocking D-line one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And uh, a play that uh, when we do shot plays, when we go for a longer play, like a play-action pass and then go try go deep, I'm most of the time one-on-one with a D-line on the backside of the quarterback wherever he's going to turn a positive away from the, the, the fake run, if you want. And um, so to see that shot play on ESPN, you sometimes have to do that block that it won't be an easy block, but you need to do it. And um, one of our coaches used to say, uh, we do the dirty work in the dark so others, other people can shine in the lights. And um, so you, you take pride in doing your job properly, not being high maintenance, making sure you do your job when it, that the coach can rely on you. And um, that's one thing I take pride in, in just making sure the coach knows I'm there. Uh, whatever he needs me to do, I'll do. And I won't complain about whatever job he wants me to do or not. And whenever we get the chance to touch the ball, we try to make the most out of it. So uh, to try to convince them to give you another shot. Uh, yeah, yeah. So what's more fun? Pass blocking on maybe a throw that goes for a touchdown? or maybe a J-block kick out on a big run that goes for a first down? Well, of course, running the ball is always fun, right? Uh, running the ball takes a special mentality. I believe uh, you want to impose your will on somebody else, especially in the fourth quarter whenever you're in the lead and they know you're going to run the ball. That's where there's the most fun. So for me, uh, whenever the, the clock starts ticking, you see like 10 minutes going on the fourth quarter, and if you're able to like grind out that clock and – pound the rock and making sure you keep grinding, uh, keep getting field, keep getting first down. That's really exciting for me. Um, and uh, I like to impose my will on the, the, the guy in front of me. And he knows we're going to run. Everybody knows in the stadium and we're going to run and we're able to still do it. That's something that takes a lot of, uh, that, that takes a lot of strength. It's a lot of will. And uh, it's fun to kind of see your blocks getting easier and easier as the drive goes on because you, slowly get the will out of the other person. So uh, that's, uh, I'd say that's more fun. Okay, I like that. I like that. In order to be as successful professionally, as long as you have at your position, you need to take care of your body, but you also need to be adaptable when it comes to training. So I'm curious, how has your training changed over the years? And, and what do you know now about your health and your training that you wish you would have known when you started? That's a two-part question, right? Um, so <laughs> so uh, my training has evolved a lot uh, because, um, first of all, injuries, the way you're, you're growing and stuff you're learning. And um, I used to be like really specific strength and conditioning stuff where we, you lift big weights, you run a lot and a lot of short sprints and everything. But it takes um, – I'm getting kind of older. I'm 31 years old and uh, – it takes a toll on your body to always put heavy weights and heavy stuff on your body. And uh, I found myself loving uh, CrossFit. I got introduced to CrossFit from one of my friends that uh, I used to play with in Toronto, Chad Kackert. And um, we started doing CrossFit throughout the season. I, and I felt like my joints were not as sore. My body wasn't as sore. And I kept feeling that I was doing good workouts, even though uh, the weights were a little lighter and like the reps were a little, a lot higher. Um, but I found a lot of, uh, I found myself way healthier when I, when I was doing CrossFit than just regular strength and conditioning uh, training. Of course, my ability to do CrossFit was influenced by the fact that I was so strong prior because of all the strength and conditioning training I did. 
but that's how much it evolved for me. And uh, for me, I feel, like I say, like I'm 31 years old and I'm, I feel like I'm way more reactive on the ground whenever I'm running. I feel like I'm way healthier. I feel like my body's uh, more ready to do anything because CrossFit, that's what pretty much you're doing. You're doing, uh, uh, you're getting ready for anything. So one day your workout can be a heavy lift, but the other day it'll be run and do some deadlift or thrusters for a small amount, of, uh, longer amount of reps. And um, that's how it evolved for me. And now I'm getting coached by a CrossFit coach instead of being coached by a strength and conditioning coach. I'm getting coached by Michelle Latombe uh, from Deca Comp. And um, I'm learning a lot throughout that process because look at different athletes, CrossFit athletes, they need to be ready so, for so many stuff. I'm making your job a little simpler by being a football player because I have to be ready for less stuff. But she she gives me exercise that even though I've been in a strict conditioning environment for a long time, even though I did my degree in kinesiology, I'm learning a lot through that process of being coached by somebody who's coaching athletes that are the top level competitive athletes of being in the sports of strength and conditioning if you want to so um that's how my training evolved and uh if you, if i would say one thing that i would love to know if i was younger is how much sleep is important to your training um i've have uh, i have a list or history of getting injured i've football is a tough sport uh, we won't hide that uh, it's a high contact sports and um, I've had six surgeries over uh, over the years on my body, plenty of cortisone shots, uh, different kind of nagging injury. But whenever I'm kind of looking back on all those injuries, they happen, uh, two of them happened in the last game of the season, uh, plantar fasciitis uh, and uh, different kind of injury, torn bicep and anything. But I feel I get injured the most whenever I'm, I didn't have a good night of sleep the night prior. It's not because I was partying or anything. I don't do that before games, but it's sometimes, it's, oh, I forgot I drank a coffee too late today and I can't sleep uh, at night. Um, no matter what happens, why, the, re the reason why I didn't sleep well the night prior, but whenever I got injured, I felt like I didn't have as much of a great week of sleep. Um, I can see whenever like uh, I'm focusing on different stuff and I don't have an, uh, my eight hours or 10 hours of sleep at night, I feel like my training's decreasing a lot. And um, I wish I knew that whenever I was 20 to 25 because uh, I would have picked a way more, a bigger emphasis on sleep. And that's one thing I, whenever I'm, because I'm coaching, whenever I'm coaching them, I'm trying to um, Tell them how many, how much sleep can improve on your training. Uh, you uh, get all the growth hormone in your in your sleep. A lot of testosterone is created in your sleep. And um, if there's one thing you should try to fix before trying to fix uh, how much creatine, BCAs, protein, how many hours of training you're doing a day, blah blah, all those variables. There's nothing that will improve your training, will improve your health more than sleep. Does that same philosophy now of placing the emphasis on sleeping, does that also relate to rest days? Uh, yeah. Well, whenever, like, for example, today I, I uh, was not at work, so I tried to sleep longer. So whenever I'm, I have a rest day, uh, no matter what, I try to have a couple more hours of sleep just to make sure, um, even though I'm trying to get my eight hours every night, whenever I can get extras, I'll go get that extra sleep. 
Um, I won't try to sleep all day because then I can't sleep at night. Yeah. But uh, I'll try to get a couple hours uh, of sleep on the, the days that I'm off uh, for sure. Well, that's rest day. What's your mentality on cheat day when you want to let loose on the food a little bit? Uh, cheat on the food? Um, I, I'm more of a one, one meal type of guy. Like I won't, it won't be a full day. Okay. Uh, it'll be like, okay, right now I feel like I want to eat that. So I'm going to eat, I'm going to eat it. Um, I don't like do like a pizza with donuts and stuff like that. And I, I just don't feel right with me. Like it's funny because one, uh, maybe a year ago, me and my girlfriend went to get McDonald's and it's not to give a bad publicity to McDonald's, but like we ate McDonald's and I felt more hangover from eating McDonald's than, uh, drinking yeah. anything just because it's not what I eat. And like, uh, on a regular day, I just don't eat that. So um, for me, whenever I change my my food too much and it's not um, and it's not healthy, I feel it right away. Like I'll get a headache from eating a donut and stuff like that. Maybe it's a, almost a disease, but uh, yeah, my, my my body doesn't really like that, and it makes me known whenever I'm doing that. So whenever I'm cheating, it'll be just like uh, let's make ourselves a great pasta dish or something like that but it's just that we don't eat it on the regular so i'll try to cheat that way yeah well i love that now mental health priority now more than ever so what mental health practices do you use to keep your mind relaxed and also focused on game day i've i've dealt a little bit with anxiety with uh, a bit more throughout the the past few years covid uh of course didn't help um and with different kind of stuff. But I feel for me, whenever like I'm losing sleep over something, whenever I'm stressing over something is to get to know that thing even more. Mm-hmm. So, um, for example, there's a situation coming up and you don't know what to deal, how to deal with it, get information, talk about it. Uh, and like the more, and even I got through a fire the, uh, a couple of months ago and it was not, it, it was not easy. And, but the way I got through it better was to talk about it every day. And I was talking it with different people and no matter how many times I was telling my story, it, it helped me getting rid of it because I'd get to know more and more about the story. Okay. That's what happened. And like, it's not, it, it, it's okay to talk about it. You can yeah. talk about your, the fact that you're stressed. You can talk about the fact that you're, uh, you don't know what's going to happen. You, it's, it's okay not to know. It's okay to have stress it's okay to be anxious about stuff but the more you get to know about stuff like for example if you start a business get to know your business the ins and out and you'll be way less stressed yeah. if you're on game day and you don't know your plays you'll be stressed yeah. so what do you do read your playbook get yeah. to know your plays study your opponents make sure whenever whatever test is coming on game day you're going to know the answer and that way you're not stressed about it you're just ready to act on it so uh, for me, getting to know the subject helps me reduce the stress level and um, staying healthy, staying active helps my head to stay level. Whenever I'm not eating, eating the right food, whenever I'm not exercising, I know I'm not there mentally and I know I'm not uh, the calmest mentally whenever I don't do the right things in the rest of my life. You mentioned that you work with other athletes as well. So what resources do you provide younger athletes who come to you? Um, I try to be there for whatever question they have. So, um, I'll 
make sure I, I, I do their training. Um, so that's what they hired me for. Uh, they hired me to train them to make sure they're ready for their season. And um, I'll try to bring my perspective to them. So, for example, I was talking about all the heavy lifts and stuff like that. Um, I'll try to bring a little different different perspective. So, hey, what are we trying? Why, why don't we try to fix your lift? Make sure it's perfect before we put a lot of weight on it. Uh, make sure your squat is perfect before we we try to lift the house. Uh, because uh, if we're not, then yes, you might be able to lift heavy, but you might be able to hurt yourself in a couple of months. And that's, uh, not what we want. What we want is you on the field and you healthy. And that's what we're training. We're not training to, uh, lift heavy weights. We're playing football. We're playing hockey. We're playing whatever sports. CrossFit is not our sport. So we're going to focus on making you the best athlete for your sport. And whenever they have questions, because life happens to them too. Life happens to everyone. And um, whenever they have questions about no matter what subjects, I'm trying to be uh, the devil's advocate, trying to see different perspective, um, and just talking about it. Like I said, talking about it, sometimes you can see life from this different perspective. I have, I have a perspective shift and uh, see see maybe they come to a problem with their coaches or anything and then they let it affect them, but it shouldn't. Like I, I, I talked with a, um, for a player, for a university football player that was saying that, um, Oh, because of a lot of different reasons, now we can't play in the CFL. And I was saying like, well, those are all exterior reason. You still have your reason. You still want to play. Yes. Okay. Then just do what you got to do to play. No matter what your coaches said, no matter what, Everybody says it's still on you. Like nobody will give you a job to the CFL. You got to earn it. So can you earn it? That's uh, there's a lot of factors to earning a job in the CFL, but you shouldn't be one. Like you should be the one that you take care of it. You take care of training. You keep take care of everything else. And once you've done everything, if you don't get the job, then you feel good with yourself because you've done everything you could. All the other factors are exterior to you. But if you decide just to quit because other people told you you couldn't, then maybe you're not doing your job. Yeah. Maybe it's because of you you don't making the CFL. I think it's a brilliant approach, and I know a lot of athletes are going to get a lot from that. And I love your point about being the devil's advocate. And I got to tell you, I got I got to bring you down to my gym, and you got to be there to put all the people who are squatting with too much weight on. Yeah, they might have triple weight than I do, but they're they're barely going down, and it frustrates me. Yeah. So much, and and I think the only thing worse than squat with too much weight is leg press with too much weight. Drives me crazy. I got to <laughs> I'm not a big fan of leg press in uh, any kind of way, but um, I agree. Whenever you go to a public gym, you see a lot of different stuff, and you wish you could fix everything. And but like not everybody's open to having an advice, and uh, that's in life. That's in life in general. Nobody, not everyone's open to having getting told an advice and uh, you got to make sure you're there whenever they want that advice. That's the, the most important part about it. Well said. Now you mentioned the fire. Now you have a GoFundMe page for something wild that happened recently. Will you share that story? Yes. Um, I can't share the story. Um, so on uh, January 28th, uh, I received a call from my girlfriend and um, she says the house is on fire. I'm like, <laughs> would mean the house on fire and at that point i'm like 
okay, she's like, she's, she's getting word for nothing. The day prior, she was calling me because she had a cramp on her elbow. What are you talking now? Yeah. Turn it off. Like, yeah, I don't know. Shoot water on it. No, no, no. You don't understand. The house on fire. I'm like, what do you mean? So she FaceTimed. I don't like FaceTime. She FaceTimed me, and I, all, all I can see on the screen is just a big bowl of fire, and I can't, like, I'm like, what is happening? And at that point, I'm working on a TV show in Montreal. And so I call on the walkie-talkie. I'm like, hey, can I leave? Because I my house is on fire. <laughs> He's like, what do you mean? Can you leave? Yes, go, go, leave. So my boss lets me leave. So I go to the to my place. And uh, I, have a, I, uh, I own a condo in uh, Mirabel. And uh, as soon as I was closed, I could see the flame coming off the roof. And... Um, It was, it was crazy because uh, that was my first place. And uh, it, was, uh, it, it was there that uh, all my memories, all my stuff, all the, me and my girlfriend been together for two years almost. And then all the memories are built in that place because that's, she was living at her parents. So all the memories are in that place. She has a medal, Olympics medal in there. She has a, uh, Pan Am game medal in there. She, we have like so many souvenirs of football, like jerseys. Footballs are autographed by people. All this, all my belongings, all the stuff I work for to finally, because in the CFL you move all the time. And so whenever I finally had my place, I decided to make it my own. And it was like, my, I, I bought a nice TV. I bought all my nice stuff with my money that I earned. And, Yes, those are all stuff, but it's your first place. It's your first. Yeah. And um, you see all that happening and you're like just standing there right beside it and you can't do anything because the firefighters are doing their jobs and we're lucky that they did a good job and nobody got hurt in the fire and that's the main thing. Um, but it's still kind of unbelievable and you're just sitting there and you're kind of frozen because it, it burns and you see your place and my place was right underneath the start of the fire and then so my place was a most touch at the end of the day everything was touched because they decided to destroy everything um so yes so that night me and my girlfriend pretty much lose, lost everything and um so the next day so that that night they decided to uh bring down the building so they they came with the shovels they the, the elect uh, mechanic shovels and they decided to turn the building apart And um, so the next day, while we're still like in shock, me and my girlfriend, we're not thinking about, I'm going through insurance, firefighting stuff, uh, talking with like, the, 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 the syndicate, trying to figure out the clothes because everything in Montreal was closed due, due to COVID. So we don't have any bag of clothes and everything. So I go to Walmart with the Red Cross uh, cards saying that I've just been through a sinister. Can I buy some boxers and underwear for my girlfriend and just some stuff because we don't have anything. And um, through all of that chaos, um, a former teammate of my girlfriend decided to start a GoFundMe page. And uh, we're like kind of in shock because like, why do we like... We're both athletes, we're both proud, proud and we don't like to ask for help and we normally don't. We try to figure out ourselves and we're trying to, and um, so she, she started a GoFundMe page to try to help us and she's like, 
you guys deserve it. You guys, sometimes you don't get recognized. The CFL doesn't get recognized as much as the NFL, so we don't get the salaries as much as the NFL. Uh, my girlfriend, we're in Canada. Whenever you win Olympic medals, you're not recognized as much as other, uh, other countries and stuff like that. So she's like, you guys touch a lot of people throughout your lives. And I'm sure a lot of people want to help you right now, but they just don't know how. So I'm starting a, a platform so they can help you. Whoever wants to, to help you, they'll be able to help you through that platform instead of trying to call you in, in the moment where we're receiving text calls and everything every minute, right? Uh, you have to charge your phone uh, almost five times throughout the day that day. Um, so every time a name was getting added on that list, no matter the amount, it was always touching because at the, right now I think we're at 450 names on that list and so many people you've seen in your life, so many people you've touched and sometimes you, it almost felt like, um, you know, when you go to funerals, um, you see all those people coming to the funeral to pay their respect to the person that impacted their life. And, uh, but the person who died never got the chance to, uh, hear those thanks. Uh, but for us, it kind of happened while we're alive. Uh, we're really lucky. We're really thankful for all the help and all the people reaching out and trying to, like I said earlier, like telling our stories helped me throughout the, the few weeks after that, because it was so, it was so dramatic that like, if I don't tell it 10 times a day, then I can't say it. I can't talk about it. So I, I was talking about it every day. And it was helping me getting through it, trying to find a solution, trying to, and we're still in that process right now because we moved three times already and uh, we have to move by the end of the month because uh, not uh, May 1st, but June 1st um, because um, right now I'm staying at the friends of one of my mom's uh, bachelor, but then uh, she has a client that's coming in the bachelor. So I can't, we can't stay there anymore. And then we're in the middle of the fact that I might be going to play back in Edmonton, so I'm not going to pay for a full year of rent while I might leave all the time. So there's so many unknown factors, and it's kind of dealing with the unknown on a daily basis while getting ready for a season, while she's getting ready for the Olympics, while we're trying to normally have the most stable life so we can make sure we're ready for that moment. Uh, we have all those unstable factors around us, and it's uh it is unreal and it is um not easy it's a it's adversity going through every day but um whenever you're hitting adversity there's a couple ways you can deal with it and uh, one of the ways is playing the victim and just be like why does it have to happen to me or you can be like uh super enthusiastic and be everything will be okay and be in la la land and uh i'm trying to be in the middle where like uh yes it's sad but you gotta you got to make it happen. You got to make your place on the roster. She's got to, she wants medal at the Olympics. They won't give it out. Like they won't give out a roster place or they won't give out Olympic medals. You got to earn those stuff. No matter what drama you went through, you got to earn it. So um, we're trying to keep it compartmentalized uh, where like uh, when we deal with our training, we're dealing with our training. When we're dealing with the fire, we deal with the fire and we're just like trying to keep them separated focus on training whenever you're training and you can focus on the fire stuff or living stuff or whatever stuff you have to deal with on uh separately so uh so yeah it's a lot of adversity 
but we've been lucky to have so many people helping us. So many companies have reached out. Um, Walking gave us some stuff. They've been a sponsor of my girlfriend for a while. Uh, Sport experts, uh, Norton Baller. Uh, I'm forgetting people for sure, but like, there's so many people that reached out and trying to help us, and it's still helping us because the place won't be built back until March or April 2022. So uh, we won't be in our stuff. We're still having stuff that is packed, and we won't be in our stuff for a, a while now. We're trying to look for a house uh, to start a new life earlier. Uh, but the housing market is pretty crazy, like everywhere else in North America right now. Montreal uh, is crazy, uh, as as crazy. So um, we don't know if we're going to be able to buy a house before the season or before the Olympics. Uh, if not, it's okay. But that's our plan to buy a house in order to start having a, a place, start having a normal life sooner rather than later well thank you for sharing that story we'll be sure to to mention the 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 gofundme page and we'll put it up on on all of our areas as well i know that they can find it on a link from your instagram correct yes correct correct you can find it on my instagram and like i said no matter like whatever help we're getting it's helping it is uh and it's really humbling too and it's really it's a it's a humbling experience because like I said, so many people have reached out, no matter no matter the way they could reach out, and um, it it always it's always welcome, and it's always we're always grateful for it. Turbulent year for everybody. I mean, especially you. You've you've had more than your crazy share with with the fire, with the uncertainty of the CFL season. I know with things being changed and everything. All that being said, what do you feel is the biggest lesson you've learned from the last twelve months? Um, the biggest lesson I've learned for the last 12 months, I think just to stay calm in every situation, because there's so many stuff that will be out, out of your control and, um, to make sure you're doing the stuff you're supposed to, whatever job you're having, do your job. Don't complain, do it because you chose to be in that situation. You choose, you chose to be working for, I chose to be in the CFL. Yes. There's so many unknown but I chose to be in there. So what I do is do my job make sure I'm training, make sure I'm doing all my stuff and don't complain because whenever you're complaining, you're spending energy in a place where you're not, it won't, you won't gain anything from it. So, um, and so if I complain about the fact that it's uncertainty, yes, it's uncertainty. Yes, it is. uh, But uh, we're still living uh, a life that's pretty Im- incredible because playing football for a living is uh, pretty amazing. Um, no matter what the salary, just do your job. Make sure you're, you're doing to the best of your uh, abilities, and um, not don't complain. Like I said, like yes, it's sad that it's uncertain. Yes, it's sad that I had a fire, uh, but a lot of people are living throughout tougher times all the time. Like if you think about our grandparents, they lived through World War II, World War I. Uh, the people in, whenever you, you think about the people in Auschwitz, you can relate to that. Whenever you think about um, people like uh, the black community, the, 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 feel that the, the feeling that they get oppressed by the police and stuff like that. And I'm not trying to be political right now, but like a lot of people live through, are living through tough times and uh it's not easier and your situation is not easier or tougher than somebody else so don't complain make sure you're doing the stuff you're supposed to and in the end 
all your great work if you're doing with a, a, an intention of uh, getting better every day, it, it will show. You might not see it right now. You might not see it tomorrow. But uh, eventually you'll see it and eventually you'll catch a break. And uh, uh, whenever that break comes, you'll be, uh, you'll be grateful for it to come. Oh, I love your mindset. It's, it's incredible. And I love your perseverance through adversity. I'll get you out of here on, on more of a lighter question. I know you've played football in some amazing Canadian cities, Edmonton, Toronto, but the hometown is Montreal. So yeah. for someone visiting Montreal for the first time, what would be your recommendations, maybe food and drink recommendations that they need to hit? Um, first time in Montreal, I would go to uh, Mapul Mouillet. It's a Portuguese chicken place. Mm. It's, uh, you'll get a great meal for under 20 bucks. And uh, whenever I'm giving that recommendation to any of the players or coaches, they decide to go. They're like, okay, that'll be on the redo list uh, for sure. Um, as for drinks, uh, I, I, I kind of like the lounging area and stuff like that. And um, before COVID, there used to be that place called the cold room. And um, whenever you were going to the cold room, it looked like a street but you were pressing on the bottom where there was that gray door and there was like the camera in the front and they were taking a picture of you and then you were, they were coming to get you up. And then the, the people downstairs, uh, whenever you were getting in the bar, the people downstairs were making you a drink of the, there were bartenders where they excel in making drinks. What they want to do is bring back that old, um, speakeasy type of ambience where, drinks were at the, the the main focus of going to a bar getting to experience different alcohol and uh let's say you don't like tequila uh it'll be it'll be okay you don't like tequila i'll make you a drink with tequila uh and i'm gonna make you like it so whatever other flavor do you like do you like it sour more sweet do you like more herby more uh more sugary more fruity and um most of the times these guys come up with a with a drink that'll uh that will satisfy your needs and satisfy your uh, taste for different stuff. Sign me up. Sign me up. I love it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> this, and, has been, this has been a blast, man. Just really enjoyed chatting with you. How can people stay up to date with your career and follow along? Uh, well, they can follow me on Instagram, uh, adupui18. Uh, that's a great platform to follow me. I'm less active on Facebook, but you can always reach me on Facebook. And uh, I'm always... Uh, open to the message or talking to uh, people who wants to talk about anything like uh, we met through uh, Instagram through DM. And uh, so, yeah, uh, that's the easiest way to find me. This was fantastic, man. I, I love it. I love your, your, your philosophy mentality, especially how you persevered through the fire. Man, just fantastic. Best of luck. Uh, I'll be supporting you down here in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. I appreciate you. It was great talking to you too as well. The question was nice and uh, it was, uh, it was nice. Perfect. It was fun. A bientôt. A bientôt, oui. <laughs> nice to meet you. Thanks, uh, man. Have a good rest of the day. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Much appreciation to my man, Alexandre. Give him a follow on Instagram. And from there, you can find the GoFundMe to help support him in his rebuilding from the devastating fire earlier this year. Or on GoFundMe, you can search for Megan and Alex, help rebuild their lives. That's Megan, M-E-A-G-H-A-N. My new book, Curiosity, is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone has unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. Featuring 200 episodes from the Any Given Runway show, 
Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, Curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life. Everyone has a story. Each person is a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Adiento. Randall has become like, you know, New York's favorite son. <laughs>